It's time for Friday Follies, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. You there, you're under 17, yes, yes, I can see you. Go somewhere else. We'll wait. Okay. Jesus, look at this place. What could have done that to an entire city? An avalanche, most likely. From up there on the mountain. Ice shelf probably came loose. If the angel got free, perhaps it caused it on purpose. I suppose we can find consolation in the fact that the people of the city probably never knew what hit them. Yeah. I'd like to ask you a favor, Professor. You know, since we met, Turvey, I've never actually managed to get you to call me Clarice. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I'm just a casually formal kind of guy. Makes me feel more comfortable that way. I see. Well, if I may appeal to your chivalrous side, I'm more comforted when my friends refer to me by my first name. Ah, well, since you put it that way, Clarice, can I ask a favor of you? Of course, Turvey. Those two back there, um, they're kind of having a tough time with this. Yes. Well, they are young and used to less extreme disappointments than us old battle-hardened codgers, aren't they? Would you like me to go speak to them? No, no. Quite the opposite. I'd like them to hash out their feelings about the situation between each other. We can pick up the pieces a little bit later on. In the meantime, though... I'd like to go investigate those ruins down there. I have a theory, but I'd like a scientific eye, if you don't mind. I'd be honored to help you with your investigation, Turvey. I'll be with you in just a second. Nero? Hanover? Yeah? Turvey and I are going to check something out. Please wait here for us in the meantime. We've got nowhere to go. Good. As you were. Well. Well. We lost. We sure did. Protect the city, that's what Laughlin said to me. I wonder if he survived any of this. If he did, I don't want to see him. I I couldn't bear to look at his face. I guess we're in the same boat, then. How do you mean? After Luxo knocked you unconscious, he reminded me of something. I was sent to kill him. I had multiple chances to get him. And he escaped. And did this. No matter what else happens, I'm going to have to live with that. I can never go back to my family now. They take me in, no questions asked, but... I could never look at them again. I'm not sure I can look at anyone ever again. I'm not surprised. A knight who couldn't save a city. I'd be ashamed too. Just like you should be ashamed of an assassin who missed her mark. I guess what I'm trying to say is that you, Hanover Phillips, are a selfish prick. I know this because we've been together long enough for me to read you, and even as we speak, you're trying to figure out a way to shoulder the burden for this failure all by yourself. I won't let you. You can hate me for that if you want. But we're in this together. Yeah. I guess we are. 
I'm not going to ask if you two are all right. I just want to know if you've got it together. Well, we don't really have a choice, so I guess the answer is yes, right, Nero? That's us. Ready for action. So, did you find anything out? As a matter of fact, we did. This is a piece of debris from the ruins of the city. Notice anything unusual about it? It's really rusty and corroded. So is everything else down there, and as near as we can tell, it's been that way for years. Possibly decades. What? Oh, yes. Weather damage, animal nests, yellowed papers. Eastling has been like this for quite some time. I... I don't understand. Are you saying we're in the future? That's one possibility. My phone is top security grade. I should be able to pick up any broadcasts anywhere, at least evidence of them. Cobalt cities, any of the closer cities in the nearby region, satellites overhead. I'm not getting a thing. And one last thing. You may have noticed that the storm has cleared out. We've got a very good view of the valley. Tell me, what do you see down there? I... Nothing. What am I supposed to be looking for? What don't you see? The road. Where's the road? Nero, as an elite goblin, you would have had off-road training, right? That way, if you left the road in between cities and you got lost, you would still be able to find your way back by using your senses, correct? Yes. So what are they telling you now? (sighs) Nothing. The road's not there. Wait, wait, are you saying we're not in the Midlands anymore? That we've been cut off? Well, that's what it looks like. How much damage did that angel do when it escaped? Do I hear someone speaking of angels? Such bad luck to do in a place like this. Welcome. I see you're new here. I hope your arrival in this place was not too traumatic, so... Past experience leads me to think otherwise. And who might you be? Turvy, that voice I know it. Oh! Oh, my God! Claris? It's you! You're him! Tycho Eastling. Ah, there is a name I have not heard in as long as I can remember. I was once that foolish man, so long ago, when I thought I could save the world with stone and steel. (laughs) And look now where it all ends. Such is the hubris of a so-called genius. Can you please tell us what happened here? What happens is what always happens. Again and again. I have seen it so many times now. But the hour is growing late. If you would be kind enough to follow me to a warmer, more comfortable place, I shall endeavor to explain, but I must be quick. For there's very little time left. Time for what? Why? To prevent all this from ever happening, my dear. To save this city. And who knows how many others. And if all of you are willing and able... This is where we shall make our stand. Difficulties presents The Account, A Tale of the Waking World. The Snows Are Eternal, Part 18.
apologize, but the amenities I have here are few. Help yourself to whatever you want. Though, I must say, I find myself once again curiously at a disadvantage. For you, like so many others who have passed through this place, seem to know exactly who I am. And I'm afraid I cannot return the courtesy. Well, you're worth knowing. You are, after all, Tycho Eastling, perhaps one of the most renowned and greatest of architects who designed and rebuilt the city that bears your name. Oh, yes, that. <laughs> and you and I have met before. Oh, gracious, have we indeed, young man? Yes, well, I couldn't see you, but I distinctly remember your voice. We were standing at a place you called the Vale. You asked me if I could stand. When I said I did, you dubbed me a champion of the Vale. Did I? Well, for that I must apologize, young man. Though, to be honest, I do not recall the incident. That's because, well, this is not the first time you've met me. It will be the first time I have met you. Time is a somewhat flexible phenomena here. Mr. Eastling, if you don't mind my asking, where are we exactly? You, my dear, are at the end of this city's life, long after it was destroyed by the Celestials, the final sparks of its existence flickering out like lightning in distant storm clouds. And though I would have advised against it, had we remained in the spot where I found you, you would have eventually seen blankets of white descending from the sky, until nothing was left, and you would have found yourself returned, perhaps, to the city's birth, or to some other point in its long, speckled history. So what are you saying? This isn't really Eastling, then? That is a matter of perspective, I'm afraid. This is a place of history, where fates remain as yet unborn. Past and present drift through upon the winds. The snows are eternal, above, above. And their perfume wafts into the nostrils of the stars. I read that in a poem once. Free of context, it seemed appropriate. You said fates here are unborn, so the destruction of the city, that's not guaranteed, is it? Nothing is guaranteed in this world, champion. For that is why we are all here, to prevent that which you have seen. Things are in motion now, and time grows short. I will do my best to explain this as clearly as I can. When I was a child, I was plagued by nightmares of a star falling from the skies crashing into a mountain and devouring it whole. And from the rubble of this destruction, something terrible would be born. The same terrible vision night after night for so many years. In my attempts to understand this nightmare and its meanings, however, I saw patterns, structures, shapes, abodes, all overlaid upon a city on the ridge of a mountain range. And as a child, when I first visited this city, when I laid eyes upon it, I knew then what I must do. I set out to gain as much skill in design and architecture as I could, in drawing the energy from the natural forms around cities to give them power, to gain a reputation for myself so that I would have a free hand to do the seemingly impossible. I rebuilt this city to conform with the pattern of my dreams. You rebuilt the city as a hyper-sigil to act as a prison for the angel. <laughs> oh, my dear, 
if only a mere mortal man were capable of such a feat. Upon its completion, and upon my arrival here, I realized the truth. In my dream, I had always seen the angel devouring the mountain, but I was wrong, so very wrong. A mountain is an extension of a world, and this world sensed the danger to itself and its inhabitants. And so the mountain sacrificed its very existence. It enfolded itself around the angel and trapped it. But as mighty and noble and unbelievably powerful as a mountain can be, it can only do so much for so long. One day, this mountain will return, its power spent, and then Araquiel will be free to ravage. This city, this hyper-sigil, as you call it, was designed to act as a lock upon the prison gate. But its power, too, is limited, and unfortunately it fuels itself in a most unpleasant way. It uses the lives of citizens that it has plucked at will and at random from its population. They arrive here and live out their existences as fuel to protect this world. Only I am spared this fate to act as a warden. That must have been what happened to Luxor's men. Yes, and those poor people who worked at the weather station. Yeah. We were receiving messages from the future, Mr. Eastling. Does that mean that the angel can manipulate time? No, no. Araquiel is an angel of earth, of stone. The mountain used history itself as a net to snare it in, and the sigil acts in a similar fashion. What you've been experiencing is a bleed-through, a prologue, prophecies of things to come. The Sigil's power is failing, but it does what it can to protect its own. The Sigil uses time. I was right about what happened before. What do you mean? When we were running to the fossil chamber, Keys and Luxor were standing in front of the angel, but they weren't moving, or rather they were moving very slowly. The closer we got, the faster they moved. It was a bit like an event horizon in a black hole. If the city had the power to do that, why didn't it just leave the tunnel collapsed instead of rewinding it? Because, my dear, Raquel is overpowering it. Most of its safeguards have collapsed by now, especially the most important one. Here is where we housed the center of power of Araquiel. Its heart, if you will. That would be the key. Yes, and Araquiel would have had it long ago, if not for the arrival of the Champion's Herald. The Champion's what now? When all seemed lost, we perceived the existence of a being of light and shadow wrapped in chains. We gave it the angel's heart for safekeeping. I believe you received it from her. Her? Her who? Hanover. What? He's talking about your laptop. Whoa, whoa, whoa! There's someone chained inside my laptop? Well, someone might be a generous description. I don't care! If it turns out that I've been using an intelligent creature as a slave, I don't care! Hanover, we'll deal with this later. Let's focus on here and now and Luxor. He has the key. Yes, the key that I gave him! Oh, Fuck! Will you please stay calm? If I may offer a consolation, please know that this too was planned. My handing of the angel's power back to it was planned. To its chosen champion, yes. The Celestial has chosen an agent who is incorruptible. He is slave only to his own will and desires, and that affords you opportunity. His strength is what has brought him here, but he is no servant and will not hand over the prize so willingly, not without adequate compensation. 
And for the one the angel has chosen, I doubt that there exists such a thing. Well, he certainly pegged Luxo there. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he won't give the key back to the angel. Oh, he will. But his bargaining, that will give you time. Time to do what? This mountain is Rockwell's prison. But over the aeons, it has wielded enough influence to take command of it. To that end, the angel has constructed a temple upon its peak. When its heart is returned, it shall escape the mountain, take the peak, break the sigil of the city of Eastling, and use the remaining power to rend the veil. The river of time that we have dammed here shall burst, and it will flow forward. The mountain will appear, and then the celestial shall pour forth into the Midlands. If one of you breaks the sigil before then, restores the flow of time, then Araquiel will be forced to use its own power to effect its plan, and in those moments it will be vulnerable. If you can defeat Araquiel in that moment, then the mountain's power will rise one final time to consume it before destroying itself utterly. And what will happen to you? I and this ghost city will be consumed along with it. But don't weep for me. After what has felt like so many eternities, it seems like blissful freedom. I must warn you, the angel's champion will attempt to impede your progress. Oh, he can try, but don't worry. He won't succeed. Just leave him to me. He's mine. Well, if we're divvying up here, I guess I'll take the temple, then. No, you take the sigil, I'll take the angel. You know, I'm checking here, but I'm still not seeing where it says I'm your subordinate. Turvey, I was given that new attack for a reason. This must be it. Besides, you couldn't even defeat Keys before. And as I recall, neither did you. He was on the downside of his power, and that burst driver attack nearly killed you. I know! This is no time to play hero, son. What makes you think that you ace out my experience? Because all my experience up till now has been dealing with the angels. I fought them. Oh, well. You you, on the other hand, have fought blood guards. Yeah. And we're going to need that experience to defeat Keys at the Sigil. Ugh, shit. Well, you got me there. All right, what do we do? I see the three of you are leaving me out of this equation again. I'm sorry, Clarice. It's just that we're used to being a trio of argumentative idiots as opposed to a quartet. I would be most grateful for your assistance, my dear. Me? Yes. My tasks here are not entirely complete. And I am quite old and fatigued. Well, there's no way I could refuse a request like that. Tycho Eastling, it would be my honor and privilege to assist you. Fangirl! Hush, all of you. So as I was saying before, what do we do? At the peak of the mountain lies the temple. Between here and that place is the seal of the sigil. You will not mistake it. A massive disk of stone. Shatter that, and the city's power to stem the flow of time shall be released. When you say released, does that mean explosion by any chance? I must regretfully say yes. Good. When I go on a suicide mission, I'd like to know what to expect. Turvey, you, Sir Hanover Phillips, concentrate on your task and don't worry about me. Always remember, we're knights. We do what we have to. You hear me? I hear you. Good, I taught you to. Turvey? Yeah. Come back safe. I can only do my best, pretty girl. I have one last question before we take off. Please hurry. When I met you before, when we will meet in your future, you said I was the champion of the Vale. 
When I said I could stand, I came back and I had a much more powerful attack, one I could barely control. Was that because I became the champion of the Vale? That was not my doing. There are forces in this conflict beyond both of us. If the ones who stand against the angels have granted you this boon, however, I must say I am most sorry. You have nothing to apologize for. We really should get going. I'd like to say goodbye to Luxo one last time. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's saddle up. Excellent departing one-liners, all of you, but perhaps while you're being so dramatic, one of you should probably ask how you're going to get there? Uh, 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 ah, uh, yes. Um, so, uh... Fear not. My capacity as the warden here affords me latitude with the spaces. The doorway to the north. Take the stairs. They will lead you to the temple. To the south of this room will lead you to the sigil. Thank you, Mr. Eastling. Be cautious. Araquiel hears all and knows all on this mountain. You will have no element of surprise. Yeah? Who needs it? How's that for a departing one-liner, Claris? Best I've heard. Yeah, that one was spot on. Good work. Thanks. They are coming. Indeed they are. Keys. We're going to need someone down by the sigil to defend that little point of entry. Be a deer and make yourself useful, why don't you? And what will you be doing in the meantime? Me? I'll be right here, beginning negotiations with our client. Don't worry, I'll be playing to our assets. I'll do my best to be a useful resource. I expect no less of you. Tell me, what will be my reward in all of this? Why don't you go do your job? We'll discuss it when you get back. As you wish, Luxor. Now, what say you and I discuss terms? The hour grows late. There is no time for this. Oh, you're right. It would be incredibly irresponsible of me to try to take advantage of this critical juncture at such a late date to try to use it as a bargaining position. So I'd hurry up if I were you. I could take what I want from you. Oh, you could. You could, believe me. A creature of your power. I don't doubt that for even a second. I mean, it would be in my best interest to do everything within my ability to make sure that I appease a being such as yourself. But you know, I wasn't put in this world to make anyone's life any easier. Especially not my own. And you, of all people, should know all about my incorruptible nature. So, if you want the world, you'll have to come through me. Now, let's deal. You have been listening to The Account, A Tale of the Waking World. The Snows Are Eternal, Part 18. Written and performed by Kyan Chris Conroy as part of the Technical Difficulties Podcast Series. Send me a Gmail at techdiff at gmail.com or comment on this show over at techdiff.com. Follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash techdiff. The discussion board is techdiff.freeforums.org and look for Technical Difficulties on Facebook. To be continued next week on The Account, A Tale of the Waking World. Thanks for listening.
And that brings us to the conclusion of another exciting episode of The Account. What will happen to our heroes? Well, with any luck, what will happen to this hero, that would be me, will be that next week will be the final episode of The Account. You know, I can't promise these things because I write them on the fly. I'm pretty sure next episode will be the final episode of this story. Thank God in heaven! Ugh. You know, when it's over, I'll discuss all the trials and tribulations that went into making this particular story arc that's been going on for the better part of a year. I make no apologies for that, but I just gotta tell you, it feels like the story that would never end. And not that big furry flying thing in the sky 80s movie kind of way, if you know what I mean. Anyway, I'm doing the 12 Days of Christmas. Hopefully there won't be any interruptions there. It's kind of slow going trying to do the account and that at the same time, but I'm making my way through it. And uh, I'd like to thank anyone who donated at... Uh, you know, you can donate to my PayPal at techdiff.com. And people who ordered the CD. Let me do that again. If you want to donate to the show, and it's certainly welcome here so I can buy new equipment, that you can uh, send me uh, money to PayPal at uh, techdiff at gmail.com. And if you send me $6 and uh, say that you want to uh, have a copy of the Whoever Wishes CD signed and numbered by myself, as several people have, and I will get back to them ASAP this weekend, uh, and I'll tell you about them shipping them out there. I've got some orders to go to Australia, etc., etc. Um, that'll be $6 payable to techdiff at gmail.com. Make sure your address is included with it and say you want one of the Whoever Wishes CDs, and I'll make up a custom CD for you, and I'll sign it, and I'll number it, and I'll get it out there to you. Not like I'll have a whole lot else to do this weekend, uh, besides record 12 Days of Christmas stuff and uh, some preliminary stuff for this next episode of The Account, um, because, well, Minneapolis will be under a foot of snow on Saturday. Yeah. And then uh, 30 below wind chills on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. So just keep that in your thoughts if you're warmer than where I am this weekend. You bastards. Anyway, not only will I be back uh, this coming Friday with a new episode of The Account, but tune in on Thursday, the 4th... Thursday? No, Tuesday? Tune in on the 14th of December. My calendar fell on the floor and I can't reach it. Tune in on the 14th of December for the first episode of The 12 Days of Christmas this coming week. Uh, I'm going to be tired when this is over. All right, take care, guys. Bye! I'm Kai and Chris Conroy. And I'm Leonard Vizelsnix, and we're here to tell you about the Technical Difficulties Podcast. That's right, Leonard. Do you remember those thrilling days of yesteryear? The Depression was in full swing, FDR was president, and we were ankle-deep in the last guilt-free war we'll ever fight. That's right. Big Band was the music of the era. You could see a movie with a trolley in it for five cents and hop on Betty Davis for a dime. And of course... You read that wrong. It's what it says in the script. Give me that. Hop on Betty Davis for a dime. See, I told you. My mistake. No problem. <clears throat> and of course, the crowned king of entertainment was the radio. The radio! All the greats were there. Jack Benny, Burns and Allen. The Shadow, the Whistler. Red Rider, and the Lone Ranger. And of course, Bob and Ray. Well, those days are gone forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So, um, since that part of your schedule is kind of freed up now, uh, we thought maybe you'd like to listen to our show. It's called Technical Difficulties. It's a scripted sketch comedy podcast. Produced weekly, there is over 75 episodes. With an archive of over 30 hours of original comedy content. And featuring a cast of over 300 characters, all voiced by one guy. That would be me, Kai and Chris Conroy. I write, produce, direct, and perform the entire ding-dang thing all by myself. Well, you do have occasional guests. Yeah, well, I mean, not very often. Okie dokie. Well, if you'd like to hear Technical Difficulties, here's how. 
now. Well, yes, Lane. To do the announcer voice. Huh? Oh, oh, right, right. If you would like to listen to the Technical Difficulties Podcast, then head on over to techdiff.com, T-E-K-D-I-F-F.com to pick up the RSS feed or go over to iTunes where you can subscribe there under comedy. That's right. It's spelled technical, T-E-K-N-I-K-A-L. We spelled it funny because who wants an audience to be able to find you easily? Yes, we were being clever. Yeah. Certainly outsmarted ourselves. Mm-hmm. So remember, that's technical difficulties at techdiff, T-E-K-D-I-F-F, dot com for all your comedy needs. Go on over there and give it a listen. Come on, Hitler's dead. You've got the time. That's techdiff.com, T-E-K-D-I-F-F. Hope to see you there. Hokey-dokey. Bye. I'd jump on Betty Davis for a dime. You and me both busted. That'd be like, what, 20 cents or something? That's technical difficulties. T-E-K-N-I-K-A-L-D-I-F-F-I-K-U-L-T-I-E-S. Techdiff.com.